Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of 7 Minute Scaling Secrets where we interview entrepreneurs and learn a secret on how they scaled up their businesses. Today we have a special guest, Willy Lee, who runs one of the most trusted content production companies in Asia. Willy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? This episode was brought to you by Superscaling. Join the foundation program today and learn how you can systemize and superscale your business so that you can get $100,000 a month at least with a productive team from all over the world, raving fans as clients and happy founders who have true freedom. Visit superscaling.com foundation today and now back to the episode. Thank you very much, Elvin, for inviting me to your podcast. And it's really a real honor to be in the presence of someone who has really succeeded in business and really to be on this podcast to actually share some of, some of our views. So likewise, we'd also love, love to learn from you and really to grow together as well. So a little bit about my business. So I started the business in 2008. The business is about coming to 14 years. We are one of the largest uh, content production companies in Singapore and also uh, some say also in Asia. Uh, what we do ranges from multi, uh, multi-disciplinaries from media. For example, we do video, we do animation, we do music. Uh, we even make, for example, media technologies like VR, AR. And also we sometimes also in the recent pursuits uh, started to build like media technologies such as metaverses or ready-made metaverses for our clients. So this is essentially what we do in the entire big three group of companies. Nice. Uh, let the audience know. I, I'm sure you have some notable brands that you have under your your entire portfolio. Uh, what are some brands that some that the that our audience might have heard of? Um, so just to add from there, I mean, one of some of the notable brands that we have usually are our media outlets. So we have, uh, for example, Safety.com, which is a food blogging site. It's actually the number one most traffic site. In Singapore, if you want to find good food, you can go check them out. Um, and also, uh, how about, for example, one of our CSR enterprises called The Hidden Good? They are also a media outlet actually focusing on uncovering the good in society. So that's what they do. And of course, uh, now really, uh, we also have a YouTube channel called Three Potatoes. So Three Potatoes is uh, a comedy, a kind of a lifestyle channel that talks about like different stereotypes in society. And really, it's just to garner attention and really to have fun uh, in that particular YouTube channel as well. So that's something that's quite noticeable. Uh, in, the, in the areas of service, we, of course, one of our initial companies, Big Tree Media, which does video and also creative. Uh, we also have Crave FX, which is our animation company. And of course, we have a technology company called Massive Infinity that does uh, media technology or even enterprise solutions in total. And we are in, uh, currently now in three different markets in Singapore in India and in Mumbai, as well in China, in both Xi'an and Shanghai. So that's where we are right now in uh, the whole grand scheme of the tree group. Well, I love it. Uh, I mean, those are the brands that as a consumer and as a business I hear about and I absolutely love because I follow that content as well. But how, how about a typical business? How does a typical business uh, make use of all these content? And how can a business like, you know, grow their, their themselves or grow their revenue or grow their customers? through content production that you do? Mm. I, I think that's a very, very uh, common question and also a very important question for a lot of businesses is I think that the main, the main thing of how you actually can even close the first sale is whether you're getting your customer's attention in the first place. And, and, and so most businesses, when they come to us, is really to see, 
how am I going to be able to get that attention from people who don't know about my business or even don't know about my service? Where can and where and when should I be targeting them? How do I even target them, for example? And that's where we actually come in to say that, for example, content and where you deploy that piece of content to garner that attention is very critical for any entrepreneur, any business that's trying to establish himself in the market. Nice. And, and like, I mean, when we talk about businesses, uh, there's an entire customer journey that I tell my coaching clients as well, because we want to look from anywhere from the start where the customer isn't even a customer yet. The customer is, is not even a prospect, it's a stranger, right? Somebody who has never heard of your brand, maybe never heard of the industry that you're in, doesn't even know about you or your business being the solution to their pain points. In that case, something that uh, a content piece that's produced is probably going to be very different from, say, a, a prospect or a ready, warm lead who's like just about to buy. What, what are the differences that you bring to the table like in, in this, like that businesses can learn from, like in terms of content production? How does that differ? Mm, mm, mm. So I think the first and foremost and the premise is really to understand the user journey of how a client actually gets to understand who you are and what you are. And really, this is really summarized in this thing called the five stages of awareness. So what are the five stages of awareness? So let me just briefly just run you through. So the first stage is the client is unaware. Client is unaware that you exist. You know, or even to say they're unaware that they actually have a problem. Yeah. So, so that's the first one, right? The second one is they are aware of the problem. So it's called problem aware. They know they have a problem to solve, but they aren't aware of any specific solution. So that's problem aware. The third stage is called solution aware. They know they, they know they need a solution or they already know what kind of solution they require, but they don't know any specific products to solve it, right? And the, the next one is called product aware. They know your product exists, but aren't completely aware of all it does and unconvinced of how it does as well. So that's problem aware, uh, product aware. The last one is they're most aware, right? They know of your product and, and what it does, but they haven't got gotten around to purchasing your product. So these five stages of awareness is very critical in understanding how you're going to be deploying and getting the attention of the customer. What kind of content goes into what part of the stage in the entire client journey? Wow. And, and as, a, as a typical business, like how does that play out? Like if, if a business is... Uh, just starting out or maybe is is has been around for a while, what kind of content pieces are we talking about here? Are we talking about written content like articles? Are we talking about videos? Are we mm. talking about social media? What mm. does that look like? So it, it really depends. And I, th I think the number one question really depends on your target audience and what exactly are they most, uh, uh, how would they say, uh, most easily influence or the, the, the easiest accessibility you have to the particular client. It doesn't matter whether it's video or even it's graphics or even articles. The main area is that if you understand your business and you understand your client and where they will most likely try to find out their, the, the, their problems and their solutions, then the best way is to target them at those areas where that medium actually excels the best. Nice. I think that's something that, you know, is, is part of any business in terms of growing or scaling a business. Uh, number one, identifying who you are targeting. Number exactly, two, identifying exactly. the, the, the stage of the customer journey that they are in. And number three, identifying the appropriate content, not just in terms of the medium, whether it's written, video, graphics, whatever, uh, but also the message, which is what you are actually telling them about at that point of their journey uh, to whoever it is. Exactly. 
And, and just to add, I think you mm -hmm. definitely correctly uh, summarize what exactly the whole idea is. If you try to, for example, um, tell a client about your product, when the client is not even aware they have this problem, you're going to run into a wasted amount of marketing dollars. So example, your product, you, let's say you're a plumber, right? I have, a, I, I have for example, I have the best way uh, to flush and make your toilet bowl flush most efficiently and you save money from it. But the client, but, but the person is, for example, is at the unaware stage. They didn't know they're spending so much money on actually on water or even cleaning, uh, for example, their, their plumbing. They're right. not going to be converting with you, essentially. So it's very important that you put that correct piece of content and messaging at the correct phase of targeting that client. Nice. But does that mean that businesses need to spend a lot on education, though? Because it sounds like in the plumber example, businesses need to educate the customer first, right? Can, can they come in at another point of the customer journey? Maybe when the customer is already like solution aware, pain aware, and they are ready to buy? Most definitely. And just citing that same plumber, um, uh, basically that case study, right? It's, it's very simple. A, a, a person who will actually try to buy from you is when they actually notice that their plumbing has a problem. Yeah. The question is, how are you going to be targeting them when they have that same pain? At that moment when that pain, what will they be doing? Will they be searching online? Will they be looking at their door and basically taking, like, for example, the first contact they see, to see, hey, you know, who has, who has the best now? Will they be asking their friends? Or really, you need to give them an, an idea that, hey, I've heard of this number or this person before. I know when to call when I have a problem. So you, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to start right at the beginning from someone who is unaware with you. You can start at the point where they're searching for the solution. But it really depends on your client and which stage is the best way to actually introduce your solution or introduce yourself at each, each stage of the entire funnel. Cool. Is that something that you help your clients with as well? Yeah, all the time. I mean, definitely one of the areas that uh, we do is really to put the correct kind of content at the correct phase of the awareness. If we put the, the wrong kind of content in each of the phases, we are not going to get the desired results or the conversions or even get the sale for our clients if they want to have more business, for example. Uh, this actually sounds like it also involves a bit of branding, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean the quality of your brand, right? And really, if, if for example, people vouch for your brand or if you have, if, if you, you command a lot of respect in, uh, in, in your, for example, your brand equity and people really say, you know, this is something that exudes trust or this is something that really can solve my problem. The chances of you converting with the client is a lot higher. But I would say that brand equity or really the brand is really one of the most important things that you can do for your business because you don't want to get a bad reputation. And when some, let's say you're a really good funnel where you know where to target your clients, but when they see your brand and they go like, oh no, this company cannot make it. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to have a real problem there in converting. You actually have to spend more money trying to correct an image issue that you have than actually trying to convert them for actually an actual sale. So really, I think for all entrepreneurs, when you're starting or even, even down the road where you're a very mature business, brand reputation and brand protection and ensuring that your brand basically communicates the correct kind of uh, solution or correct kind of like, impression to your audience is fundamental to any business. That's really interesting. Like, do you have an example of like, uh, maybe one of the most common branding mistakes that people make, businesses make in terms of things that hurt their brand reputation or their brand image? Mm -hmm. 
I think I think one of the most uh, common problems that I face with my clients essentially is they are trying to create a brand that doesn't suit what they stand for, and this dissonance actually confuses the client in the marketplace. Like for example, if you are outstanding in reliability, and really you are very consistent with your kind of product and 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 the consistent in experience, and you are very predictable. If you try to if if you try to brand your uh, brand, for example, your business as someone's like really really like out there and highly innovative, you may signal something really different to your clients, and they may not transact with you without your base and your foundation of being reliable. And sometimes that dissonance actually <laughs> creates a, it's it's almost like you have to start from scratch again or start from square one, where the client needs to change their perception of what you already established in the marketplace. So that is actually a lot. A lot of people, a lot of co- companies that I advise for actually uh, spend a lot of money. Unless, of course, you want to change your image or you want to change the direction of the business. Yes, that warrants it. But usually, that's actually one of the common mistakes I find, or rather, common problems that I find in most businesses. Oh man, yeah. Oh wow, that's that's something that uh, it brings to mind. Uh, I think this this is something that businesses need to know about. The the there are, there are a few issues. One one issue is the shiny object syndrome, right? Somebody that has yeah. natural strengths and natural abilities in a given area, like for example, what you said, reliability, now starts to be distracted by what everyone else is doing and starts maybe considering other aspects. Instead of reliability, they go for innovation or they go for like performance or something like that. And when they do that, their brand message starts to be diluted and distracting or confusing uh, to customers. I mean, one great example is Volvo, right? Volvo is a brand that when people think of Volvo, they think of safety. Now, I can imagine the dissonance and the confusion that will happen once Volvo launches like, I don't know, sports cars or or like really fancy, like, uh, you know, fast cars, because mm. then it just goes completely against what, what I think Volvo stands for. And in that case, right, I'll be like, I'm confused. Do, do I want something like a, a fast, sporty, like, you know, a BMW or something? Or do I want safety and reliability, which is what I was supposed to be getting when I get a Volvo? Uh, I think that's, 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 a, that's a problem that you know, I, I face with my coaching clients as well. Right? And it goes back into like being very, very clear about what your business stands for. What is it that you're bringing to the table and how you are different to the other competitors out there? Uh, I think, yeah, I think it is uh, one of the key things that happens in like, not just branding, but like in your business, uh, you know, essentially what your business stands for. Absolutely. I mean, I think the Volvo is a very, the Volvo example is a very good example. I, if I may add, one example could be, for example, Apple trying to price its computers as the cheapest in the market. And that's going to be disastrous for Apple, I believe, because Apple has a sort of like a brand impression of like high levels of creativity, high levels of experience. And we're going to say they are, they are really, really like a cheap, feel-free kind of like, feel-free kind of like product. That's going to be hurting their image. And essentially they're not going to be commanding and their customers are going to get confused. Like what are you trying to be, right? So I think this is very important that you need to be on point with what you're trying to communicate with your clients, with your brand. <laughs> yeah, okay. So that, that really struck a personal nerve because uh, a personal pain because uh, I went through that myself. My company that I used to run, Vodian, uh, we were supposed to be a premium brand and all that, right? But just to get more market share, we wanted to explore budget plans and budget mm-hmm. hosting. And that was a disaster. It was it was a complete like nightmare. 
customers will confuse, existing customers will also confuse, new customers will even more confused, and we end up just hurting uh, ourselves as well because we spend so much time, effort, money into investing into something that was completely off-brand and off-strategy. So I think that's something that I, I agree with 100%. Businesses need to be clear on these mm. things before they can actually go to their customers and attract the right kind of customers to the right kind of product. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally Love it. Yeah. Thank you so much. I think this is, this is really good info and insight from especially a content production house like yourself uh, that tells customers, that tells businesses essentially on what really to focus on because content production is such a wide field, such a wide area that I think if people start focusing on the basics and the fundamentals, they can start looking at how they can also create like sound content production strategies uh, on their own. So thank you, Willie. Please let our listeners know how best can they reach out to you? All right. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> really flattering uh, introduction myself. I think what, what people can do is they can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, my LinkedIn handle is Willie-Lee. Uh, if you see this guy that describes himself as the big guy at the big company with a big heart, that's me. Um, you can feel free to reach out to me if there are any questions regarding content or even the different kinds of user journey that you want to construct for your businesses. Uh, I'll be free, if I, if I can, I'll be free to actually answer your questions, really answer some of the pertinent questions that's actually relevant to your business as well. Love it. Uh, I'll put a link down in the description below also so that people can follow that. Uh, thank you so much, Willie. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to another episode of 7-Minute Scaling Secrets. And I look forward to hearing from all of you. Uh, please like, subscribe, share, review this podcast if you like it and we'll keep more coming your way. Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you on the next episode. See you, guys.